Hello guys and welcome back to the Narrow Path Podcast. I'm uh, your host Isaac. I'm glad to be back with you guys. Hope you guys have had a blessed week. Uh, th- this podcast ended up, um, the episode and the series ended up getting, jumping a, a little bit later. Uh, I might throw in the other episode tomorrow just to catch up because this is a longer series and there is going to be kind of a Christmas uh, series break where I'm going to be going more towards a Christmas style teaching. Hey Amen. I'm excited for this series. Uh, I feel like the Lord has been uh, filling me with the Holy Spirit and giving me, giving me the right stuff to say, uh, the right series to talk about. Amen. I feel like I got confirmation on this series. Um, just having a conversation with another brother of mine. Um, so, uh, we're going to be covering the Sermon on the Mound, which this series is entitled, Sit and Listen. Amen. And before we, uh, talk a, a little bit about the Sermon on the Mound, um, I just want to, uh, go over one thing, um, because the Sermon on the Mound was a teaching that uh, Jesus intentionally pulled the disciples aside from the Mass. Uh, He he withdrew. Uh, This was something that he wanted those key disciples that were going to continue carrying on the the Word of God. Um, He wanted this to be implemented into them. Amen. Um, so if we we just want to cover the word disciple, uh, the word disciple, um, in other words, is a, a a student, someone who loves to learn, willing to learn, uh, a pupil of someone. Um, when when we look at disciples, we, we look at ourselves, um, and, and when we look at the twelve, we should be looking at them as apostles, which are closer. They had a closer circle, smaller circle, closer to God. Amen. Because they were walking with God. Amen. So, uh, first for this first episode, we're going to be covering just Matthew 5, 1 through 12, which is just the 12 verses of of the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Amen. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the verses. You can follow along if, if you want. Again, Sermon on the Mount begins in Matthew 5. Amen. Forgive me if the, the vocals are changing. I'm trying to find the right spot of where I need to be and my mic needs to be. Amen. So uh, if you continue to work with me through my uh, technical issues, that'd be awesome. All right. So we're going to begin to read the, the Sermon on the Mount, which begins, like I said, in Matthew 5. And we're going to be reading 1 through 12, which is, uh, if you guys have your Bibles, it should be entitled uh, The Beatitudes, amen, which is uh, Latin for bless, amen. So these are some blessings that Jesus wanted to um, inform the disciples and, and let them know that these Key uh, characteristics um, play a vast part in in this whole journey of 
living a saved life with the Lord, amen, and this journey of going out to the world and trying to um, pull people from the grips of hell and bring them back to the Lord, amen. So, we'll start here, Matthew 5, 1. I'm reading out of uh, NIV. So it says, um, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, <clears throat> he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And last but not least, we have, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me amen so the importance of this goes beyond the simplicity of it being nine blessings amen so we're gonna we're gonna break down every single one a little bit and dig a little bit deeper amen so we will start with number one the first one blessed are the uh, poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven amen um one thing i just wanted to mention when we're talking about the the beginning of this uh, teaching, when Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down, Amen. Um, back in um, the ancient times, a lot of of the teachers would be sitting down, and and their lessons would be uh, told in a sitting fashion versus what we see now in preaching um, behind a pulpit um, as a standing form, Amen. Uh, the reason that they sat down was because their lessons were a lot longer. You're talking about hours and hours and, you know, at times days of sitting there and and preaching the word. Amen. All right. So we're going to go over the first one right now, which is poor in spirit. Amen. And the one thing that I would want to ask, what would poor in spirit mean? What What does that look like? Uh, what's the characteristic of poor in spirit? Because um, when you think of the word poor, obviously that goes um, into a financial thought process of, of not having anything. Absolutely nothing, possibly living on the streets, living on a friend's couch. Amen. Um, that's what we, uh, as as humans, think of the, the word poor. And then us as Christians think of the word spirit, obviously, we would think of the spirit of God in that case. So, amen. But the difference in this is is that the word poor has the different definition here. So, usually when you're looking at poor, like I said, it, it's something that you, you have nothing. You have nothing of. Well, this, yeah, you, you have nothing of, correct. But when you include the spirit, the, these are people who admit that they have spiritual inadequacies. Amen. And they cast themselves on the mercy of God. Amen. And that, that that's where the difference is. Um, a lot of poor people, um, 
uh, I guess you would say, especially here um, in my town, there is a, a very high number of homeless. And there are a lot that make a living uh, with flying a sign, um, begging for, for change, whatever they can get. Amen. Which I don't blame them. Amen. Um, th this is uh, this is different. Because <laughs> we're talking about the spiritual realm. And you're talking about someone who knows and will admit that they have fallen short spiritually. But they're casting themselves. They're giving themselves up. They're throwing themselves to the throne of the Lord and begging for mercy. Amen. And and when you're poor in the spirit, there's there certain characteristics that doesn't come with that. And that would be, um, let's say, like a not proud spirit. You're not going to be proud if you if you're admitting that you you have inadequacies and, and you're begging the Lord for His mercy. There's no pride in that. You're laying down your pride. Amen. There's no arrogancy in that because you know you're inadequate. You know you're falling short. And there's definitely no self-righteousness because you're at the mercy. You're begging for mercy. You're giving your own righteousness up. So when you're looking at someone who's poor in the spirit, that is like as far as you can get from the word poor when you're talking about um money or or materialistic or any type of gains in that fashion how does that lead to dependency on god and the what does that dependency what what does the results lead to what's the blessing amen now coming to god without pride or expectation you know that you you realize you are not anybody you're not important because you're not none of us are I mean, let's be real. Lay down the pride and realize you are not important. God will see that that you're meaningful, that you are um, asking for saving. You're admitting that you need help with something, which is big for God. Laying down the pride, admitting to God that you need him, being in his word, studying, praying, fellowshipping with other brothers and sisters, sharpening the iron without taking per personal offense. These are all things that com comes along with the poor in spirit. Amen. And, and the blessings. I mean, kingdom of heaven is the blessing for this. So in my opinion, the blessings are abundant. It's The heavens are, are never ending. So your blessing is abundant if you are poor in spirit. Amen. Which isn't a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Amen. So we will jump to number two, uh, the second point, the second blessing, uh, which is found in verse four, which is blessed are those who mourn for they are to be comforted. Amen. If you've ever lost anyone, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, uh, someone you grew up with, uh, a mentor, it, whatever the case may be. If you've ever lost someone that was really close and had an uh, impact on your life, you will mourn them. There will be a sense of mourning. And 
and that's part of the healing process when it comes to losing someone and everyone mourns differently amen and i myself i lost my mom almost it'll be six years in february out of nowhere blood clot sudden and and, and the the twist that 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 put me through um I would say for maybe about two years prior to that, I, I was living a, a more worldly life versus I wasn't going to church. I wasn't I wasn't doing any of that. I was I would rather drink and 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 have my fun, you know, and, and do my thing. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's hard to try to turn something so so dark and so so hurtful to you know something so bad to happen to someone's life when you lose someone so close and so needed and so meaningful to someone it 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 changes you and sometimes and we see God do that in Job uh, by him allowing you know the devil to to take things from him to see what God what what Job would do if he was going to stand firm amen God wants us broken God wants us weak he wants us to the point of breaking because that's when you come to the realization that dang maybe maybe I really can't do this by myself unfortunately it took me losing my mother now, I grew up in the church. Like, I, I, I've been known God. I've been known Jesus. I've been known the Holy Spirit. I, I got saved and baptized at 18. Amen. And, I, I, <laughs> but it took something so, someone so beautiful to me for me to snap out of that, that, that realization or that, <laughs> the non-realization that I was living in. Amen. The fantasy land, the, the world of of darkness, of temporary pleasure, of lust, of greed, and fornication, drugs, alcohol, it, the, list, the list just goes. Amen. But it took losing my mom six years ago for me to, to, to get back to him. It wasn't an easy process. When I lost her, I walked outside of her apartment complex. screaming lord why and and everyone does this if they mean something to you anyways why did you take them why why would you take someone so so needed crying weeping sobbing and out of nowhere this random lady don't never met her in my life. Never seen her in my life. Well, anytime I visited my mom, never seen this lady. <laughs> Sits next to me and wraps her arms around me and says, I don't know you, but I know you are hurting right now. So I hope this is okay. And she just hugged me and held me. And I can feel even though I was feeling so much pain, the most ultimate pain I've ever felt in my life, 
felt a sense of comfort. And it wasn't just from her arms. I, I, I felt more. And it was the Holy Spirit wrapping his arms around me. Amen. It's tough to lose someone. It's tough to be in that in that position. The question I have to I have to propose to you: How many times, and and how often, do people mourn and grieve for their sins? How often are we weeping? And begging and pleading to God, please clean me up, renew me, make me whole again, fill me. How often do we do that? Can anyone say honestly, truthfully, do it on a daily basis? This the word mourn. Is a two is a two edged sword and a, and a double meaning in this fashion again when we're just talking about losing someone, but in reality when you're when you're talking about when the Lord's talking about mourning in this situation it is about mourning God and and if you're grieving the the sins that you've casted upon Him upon yourself and, and you're His creation you've fallen short you should grieve. It's it's not a good thing. It's better to stand firm than to than to walk sideways. You know what I mean? It's it's better to walk with him than than to think you can do it by yourself. Because in reality, you can't. You're gonna fall short every time, and it's gonna be ugly, and it's gonna be full of pain and and turmoil. And you know, there's gonna be thoughts of of suicide. There's gonna be thoughts of running away. There's gonna be thoughts of quitting. There's gonna be thoughts of of just giving up the Lord doesn't let you get to that point if you're walking with him because the Holy Spirit is there as your helper he's there to pick you up every time as long as you're walking with the Lord amen alright so we're going to go to the third blessing is in verse 5 blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth amen blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth and that's another situation that we look at the meaning of the word versus the biblical meaning of the word. Um, meek is usually characterized incorrectly. Um, it's looked at as um, comparing uh, to the same lines of, of being weak, um, to being vulnerable, to being um, someone who who can't stand up to the pressure falling short when it comes to your emotions you're always weak amen but but that that's not <laughs> that's not what meekness meekness and strength have zero to do with each other that there is no correspondence with with weakness and meekness that the, they're different amen because meekness is an attitude of humility toward God, amen, and a gentleness towards men, and that's all springing from a, a, a recognition that God is in control, amen. Now, in my opinion, 
saying God is in control is not weak. The world will tell you you're weak, that you're a sellout, you fell for the trap, whatever the whatever they say. I mean, I could care less, but whatever clever lingo they have, they're gonna automatically claim you're weak if you, if if you go to the to someone in the sky and say, "Man, I I need you. I can't do this on my own." In God's eyes, that's the opposite of weakness. That's strength. And the strength comes from having courage. Amen. That's under control. Coupled with kindness. Courage that's under control. Coupled with kindness. Amen. To be courageous as a lion. Be, to be as kind as a, as a gentle tree. And to be as under control as a mountain. It's just the, the pairing of all those three. An oak, a lion, and a mountain. There's nothing weak about the combination of those three together. Amen. Why is it important to Jesus that his followers have uh, discipline and not spend all their time advancing their own goals, but caring for others? Caring for the well-being. Why would God want us to care about others and not just ourselves? Because Jesus did that. He walked on this earth for 33 and one third years and did not sin. <laughs> walked around with nothing but kindness, with nothing but love, nothing but mercy, nothing but grace and forgiveness at the end of it. And still got murdered. Still got thrown on a cross. The death of a thief and he didn't sin once amen jesus is our example he set the example walking in meekness not weakness amen and then what's the gain off of uh meekness being meek huh they will inherit the earth amen oh why the earth i mean you see what it is now i mean that's not much of an inheritance mm, maybe not right now not right now but when we go ahead and and flip to you know revelations and look at the second coming the earth is going to be Jesus' kingdom for a little bit of time amen so the fact that we we will inherit it in my eyes i i can just picture the spiritual battle being completely finished and you are literally ripping the keys out of out of a demon's hands and saying, this is mine. I inherited this. I am a child of God. You lose. Oh, amen, amen. Now that we're going to go on to the next one, and this one's my favorite out of the nine. I feel like this is the one that, that's been working me the most right now. I'm feeling this the most. And the most I felt in a long time, Amen. And it's all the Holy Spirit, and I pray that I'm able to get on this podcast and bleed whatever Holy Spirit I have in in me into into whatever words the Lord throws out of me, Amen. I hope this is a blessing for everyone. This is coming from a broken man that's not perfect, that that's been full of hate, so much negativity. I'm striving to be close to the God, and I'm hoping you are too. That's all I'm doing, and that's all I'm doing this for. God's pushing me to do this for a reason. Amen. And I'm going to keep going until he tells me to stop or tells me I'm doing something wrong or tells me I messed up. Amen. 
but it, as long as I'm doing this straight from the word of God and, and, and we can be honest and we can be heartfelt, this is all going to go as, as the Lord intended. Amen. So number four, after that long introduction, <laughs> it's uh, found in verse six, which is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. Amen. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I feel like this one's uh, pretty easily when it comes to explaining. When you're really hungry, you know, you're like, ugh, starving. Give me something. Give me. Feed me. I feel like I'm going to pass out. I'm really thirsty. I haven't drank. I need some water. Oh. I'm in this desert right now, and there's no water. I need some water, please. Thirsty. Right? And, you know, that's that's the physical, what we go through, right? Hungry on a daily basis. We get thirsty on a daily basis. But are we hungry and thirsty on a daily basis for the Word of God? Are we hungry and thirsty on a daily basis to be praying to God for, for fruit of the Spirit? Amen. For, for every situation that you're coming across. Amen. Are you hungry and thirsty for righteousness? For righteousness. Amen. It's just, I'm so hungry. Maybe vocally I don't, I, I don't sound like it because, you know, we live in a kind of a small place. Don't want to be too loud. Kids are sleeping right now. School night. Wife sleeping with the baby. I'm so hungry and thirsty for the Lord. And all I really want for him is just to fill me with whatever he has for me. I've, I found myself waking up this last, I'd say about two weeks and asking God to like, just fill me. Just like fill me. Just fill me. I just want to be filled up. Because I know that Holy Spirit, that tank the tank of the Holy Spirit diminishes a little bit until you go back to the Lord and like fill me up again, Lord God. I can, I can tell I'm swaying a little. I can tell I'm losing connection a little. Amen. That the GPS is 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 buffering right now. God, I hate that. I hate technology. <laughs> so why did Jesus use the the hunger and thirst metaphor here? Well, the, the, the two words I, w I would separate for, for hunger, and, for hunger, I would, I would exchange for willingness. How willing are you to give up everything? How willing are you to, to sacrifice everything that your fleshly body has and your desires? That's hunger. Thirst, necessity. We need water more than food. We can survive longer off of food than we can off of water. Necessity. How thirsty are you? How needing are you of this of this spirit, of, of the Lord, of the word of God, of his salvation? How are you willing to come to Christ in full willingness and in full realization? I need you in every aspect of my life. Or are you able to do that? That's what he wants to know. Are you willing and, and do you see the necessity of living righteous? Amen. And for those who, who weren't able to listen to any of the first series, I covered righteousness. But I can cover it with you again real quick. That's holy and upright living. 
according to God's standards. Amen. So God's standards are right here in these books. 66 books, guys. His standards are right here. He makes it clear. He doesn't make it too difficult. He, he even uses stories. Jesus uses metaphors, which are stories. Amen. So the, here's the question I want to propose to you when it comes to this. Do you hunger and thirst for the right things to happen? Even when the wrong things may look more attractive? Do you hunger and thirst for the kingdom of God? Versus these worldly temporary temporary pleasures. You don't have to answer that to me. Like You, you just think about that. And if you don't know... What are what are the things that you're putting above the your desire to to be closer to God? What are they? Make a list, make a Venn diagram, gosh darn it, do something. I'm busy doing it myself. I'm with you on this. I'm diving into. I'm preaching to myself more than I am to you. If no one listens, I am listening to myself. And God's hearing this. God God's hearing my plea. And I hope you guys are with me on this. Amen. Why is it impossible for selflessness and righteousness to happen at the same time? Well, those are complete opposites. <laughs> you can't be selfish and righteous at the same time. Because being righteous is holy and upright living in accordance to who? To, to my standards? Because that's what selfish would be. It would be according to my standards. But it's not, it's according to God's standards. So they, they can't, they're opposite. One, one's positive, one's negative. They have the, the battery effect. They're, they can't connect. It, it just wouldn't exist. There is no comprehension of them together. Amen. All right. So we're going to go ahead and jump back in. And we're going to advance into the fifth blessing in Matthew 5, 7, which is blessed, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now... <clears throat> this is out of, out of all of them this is one that I, I definitely need to work on the most um being merciful mercy is the the aspect of god's love that causes him to help the miserable uh just as grace is the aspect of his love that moves him to forgive the guilty Amen. Like, how many times? I mean, I I got my hand raised. How many how many times do do people cut you off and you don't show them mercy? My hands up, guys. Road rage alone, no mercy. So, in order to be shown mercy, we have to give mercy. We have to be able to apply that to our our daily lives in the smallest aspects, not just the big stuff and the small stuff. When you're driving down the road, you get cut off. No middle finger goes up. Instead, a hand goes up and says, thank you, Jesus, for another day of life. If we can realize that forgiveness is the ultimate goal in, in our, as, a, as a human, in our, as, in our existence, in our Christian existence, in, in, in our Christian life, our main thread of existence is forgiveness and mercy and we have to show that to other people and that's not not easy that's never easy that's always hard and that's why i say i need to work on that the most because i find myself not doing that i don't care 
I don't care how they react. They started it. No hold bars. You know what I mean? Like, that's the selfish thinking. No mercy. At least, you know, you being selfish. And, man, it's always, and it's always God that's showing the mercy. 100% of the time, all the time, every time. It's always God that's always mercy to the unmerciful. Amen. The ones that spit in his face. The ones that kick him around and throw his son back on the cross daily. Ah, Lord, help us. How to show mercy to others show that we understand all God has done for us. It goes back to, to admitting that we see the, the, the correlation of of sacrifice and the correlation of mercy when it comes to what God did and what Jesus did and what we're supposed to do. Amen. Like I said, it's not easy. You know, this is going to be an ongoing battle. How how am I going to forgive someone who just called me what, whatever negative term they will have for Christians? You know, are you going to show them love? Are you going to turn the other cheek like Jesus did? Or are you going to, have your fish ready and throw some bows with them. Because that's where I'm at in my life. I'm still wanting to throw bows. Amen. And that's not it's not where I want to be. It's not where we should thrive to be. Amen. Amen. All right. So on to number six. Blessing number six, which is verse number eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Amen. It's one of my favorite Christian rap songs from uh, Young Bro. One of my favorite artists. You guys check them out. Great stuff. Great material. Especially that song. Pure in heart. They will see God. Amen. What does that mean to be pure in heart? When we think as human beings, when we look at what a heart does and and the function of the heart. Well, A, it's an organ. Obviously, um, it pushes out our blood. Um kind of hard to live without a heart guys heart is another word that we use with the double meaning to it we look at the heart as almost our inward self in a way um controls our our thinking we we think with our hearts we feel with our hearts we make decisions with our hearts amen bible says the heart is a problem amen we shouldn't be relying on it as much as humans do amen we we rely on it in far too many aspects versus what we should and you know if we didn't throw it around as much it wouldn't be beat down as much and wouldn't it be as crushed or as misused and stepped on and abused and it's just it's something that we really um need to work on uh the heart is um the central man when it comes to it being an organ and it being utilized in our thoughts or in our daily lives amen a pure heart refers to someone's true character or personality so we speak and act from our hearts and we express our love for god in a pure heart having a pure love pure is unblemished untouched unchanged unmoving just like the lord having a pure heart for the lord versus 
portion of it for the world or you know 75% God 25% world that's good enough God wants your whole heart he wants your pure heart he doesn't want half a heart quarter heart he wants it all amen so we're gonna move on to number seven of the blessings which is verse nine blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of god amen when i think of a peacemaker first thing that comes to mind is i guess my first thought would be straight to war um coming up with a treaty coming up with a resolution between countries that are battling right now and these are usually enemies opposite sides foes where a peacemaker is a neutral party that's that's trying to to bring peace between them the the the, the two sides now being a peacemaker as a christian would be bringing others into the presence of god amen so whether it's you're talking to fellow believers um whether you're talking to uh hurt believers um ex-believers non-believers uh, other religions when you're trying to be a peacemaker, you're just trying to spit out the truth in a loving manner. And sometimes that doesn't come across as, as well as you'd hope. Amen. Um, but as long as you're doing it with with God's will in mind and, and with the Holy Spirit leading you, you, you're doing the right thing. Amen. You, you can't always bring everyone together. That's not what this means. It's someone who's attempting to bring people into his presence you're making the effort and that's that's what matters amen and um he he leaves it up to them you know whether they want to make the choice to to stay in his presence or not but you did your part by being the peacemaker you showed them what the the answer to disagreement or the discomfort or the battle. The answer is God. The answer is Jesus. The answer is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessing number eight and nine. They they kind of go along together. So I'm just going to read them together. And uh, I'll make my points. And we will be wrapping up. So it's uh, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For their kingdom is heaven. And blessed are you when people insult you. Persecute you. And falsely say all kind of things of all kind of evil things against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecute the prophets who were before you so these two blessings revolve around persecution two different aspects of persecution but both with the lord taking blame for it in a way if you look at the the ending of both um, verse 10 um, people who are persecuted because of righteousness and the end of verse 11 is um, people who say all these things because of me so God's willing to admit that you're doing this because of him and he knows it and by him acknowledging it shows that there there's a greater appreciation from God when it comes to this part because you know it would be easy for us just to walk down the street and say you know do you do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as you know as your Lord and Savior and people could just say yes or no and and that'd be it 
But it's not always like that. There will be persecution. There will be stones thrown at you. There will be people bringing up your past. There will be people poking fun at you. There will be people that even attack you. Now, I'm grateful that we live that we live in a country like America where I still have the right and you still have the right to preach the word of God without breaking laws or being persecuted by the government or or police right away or anything like that. Like other countries there's, you know, there's countries that the Bible is not even allowed. They find you with the Bible, you're you're going to jail. There's countries that you mentioned the the name of Christ, they're, they're still beheading you. They're still killing Christians out there because of their beliefs. I have a quote from and Tertullian was uh, the first Italian Christian author. Um, he did a lot of his work in Africa uh, when it comes to evangelizing and his work for the Lord. Um, but this quote is, um, The blood of the martyr is the seed of the church. Amen. And that's so true. You know, we look at the disciples. Almost all of them were martyred. Almost all of them got killed for their beliefs. You know, the saying is, you know, the gospel's free. Yeah, salvation is free. Being able to recognize you need a Lord and Savior, and it is Jesus, and being able to pray and ask for forgiveness, yes, that is free. But there's a price for being a believer, and the price isn't cheap. The walk is gruesome it's tiring it beats you down on a daily basis it'll attack your innermost being because jesus died for the holy spirit to help us do that there's nothing in the bible that says your life on earth will be a walk in the park as a, as a believer and as a christian and if you've been saved for a while you know the trials, you know the the trials and tribulations, you know the battles that you've had to go, go through throughout your walk, the ups, the downs, the falls, the get back ups, the pull throughs, the nearly gave ups, you know, you know what it's like, that blood wasn't free guys, the blood on the cross was not free, it came with a cost, and it's up to us to stick to our guns when we're getting persecuted and say, yeah, I do believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again three days later and defeated hell. I do believe that is my Lord, that is my Savior, that he's my everything. I do believe that. Gun to your head or not, can you say that? Be honest. We could all, I mean, think, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Till you have a gun on, in the, you know, gun in your head. Under your head, sword to your throat, leading to Jesus' death. I see one of his loyal, most trusted disciples deny him three times out of fear of persecution. Don't think you're the only one that's afraid. The disciples were afraid. If they were afraid with, with Jesus by their side, I mean, y you think that you're not going to have some, t some type of fear that's going to go through you? But you got to fight through that fear. You got to fight through that doubt. Because that fear and doubt is, is, is not from God. You just got to keep fighting through. 
And, you know, I'm glad that that was the last one that he, he mentioned because those are the hardest ones when it comes down to your life could potentially be on the line situations. Amen. Well, that's all we're covering for today. Um, I do have a, a couple questions that I just want you guys to think about until our next session. Even if you think about it just for a moment or, or ponder it throughout the day, pray about it. Ask the Holy Spirit for the wisdom. Which one of out of these nine did you need to hear the most? Now, I already said that I needed to hear to be more merciful so I can be shown more mercy. But which one hits home to you more that you need to work on, that you need to establish a better connection with God? Second part of the question is, what would our lives look like, look like if we if we changed into into these nine aspects right here? If we were able to adjust our lives and and fit this mold of what Jesus is saying right here to the disciples, what would our lives look like if we were able to fit this mold? Which one did you need to hear most? What would our lives look like if we were able to fit this mold? Just two quick things I want you wanted you guys to to think about before our next one which uh our next session we're going to be covering matthew 5 13 through 20 jesus talking about being the salt the light and the fulfillment of the law amen i want to thank you guys for tuning in uh if you guys like what you you heard appreciate it i love you guys this is all for the glory of god Amen. Um, if if you feel like this is worth sharing, share it. Uh, follow, like, follow us on on Facebook. We're on almost any podcast platform right now. You know, platform you listen to. You don't have to keep coming to uh, the one I do the original podcasting from. But um, yeah, show your support. This is all for for the Lord. There's nothing for me. This is just for. To, to, to bring in more people to the kingdom uh, trust me what i'm saying is coming straight out of the bible what i'm teaching or what i'm going to be teaching all of us and myself and studying up for myself and for all of us is all going to be from the word of god going to be speaking nothing but truth nothing but grace nothing but mercy of god nothing but love of god and and if you if you have the faith that that so far what you've listened to seems to be on that path share with someone who needs to hear it use this as an outlet use this as a resource amen because when you dig in i mean you could sit here we read those first 12 verses in the matter of 30 seconds at the most you can keep on going but what is that going to get you it's not just words that he wants you to read A to Z, front to back. It's not It's not how the Bible was written. That's why Jesus added in metaphors. That's why there's so many questions being asked. He wants you to dig in. He wants you to break things down. So you can get closer to him. Closer to his word. Because if you just read it for, for the words and for, for what it is... As a, as a book, as pages, you know, you could read the whole Bible and you could just count that as another, you know, large book off your list and forget about it, not remember anything. But you really need to break into it. This is why God says that we need to be in His Word daily. 
He wants us to dig in. And that's what we're going to be doing. Amen. I'm going to close this out with a prayer. And uh, we'll be good to go. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord. Thank you for the ability to do this, Father God. Thank you for, for the voice, Father God. The <clears throat> thank you for another day of life to breathe in this air, Lord God, and to exhale praises towards you, Lord God, instead of nothing but being sucked into this demonic world, Father. I want to thank every single person listening to this podcast. Thank you for taking your time and digging into the Word of God with me. Thank you. Father God, I pray blessings upon these people, Lord God. Blessings upon them, upon their families and their loved ones. Lord God, I pray, Father, that you, you touch them, Lord God, and you, you draw a fire inside of them, Lord. Light up that fire. Fill them with that Holy Spirit, Lord God. Give them the, the courage to share this podcast or to even just share the Word of God alone or to dig in lord god give everyone that's listening a fire of confidence a fire of passion and ambition and interest to draw near to you lord god to put in the time and effort to you lord god out of the 24 hours lord god i pray that we at least put in one a day at least one a day for you lord god I don't care if they break that up into 10-minute segments throughout the day, Lord God. It doesn't matter. I pray, Lord God, that they draw near to you, the true word of you, Lord God, so they can receive the blessings, Lord God, that your beautiful, beautiful book says you have in store for us. Father, I pray for a hedge of protection over us as we go along or the rest of the week, Lord. Um, I pray for... For a sense of peace, a sense of comfort, and a sense of healing, Lord God, in your name, we pray. Amen. Thank you guys again. Like, follow, share, Facebook, everywhere. Love you guys. I'll see you guys soon. Talk to you guys soon. Stay blessed. Stay humble. Stay loving. And stay in the word of God. In Jesus' name.